0: It's Wednesday, February 17, 2021. It's PC Perspective. I'm Sebastian Peake. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. And
1: I'm Josh Walworth. I'm going to be Brett van Sprumberg again.
2: And I'm back. You can't keep me down. Here I am again, Jim Tannis. Glad to be back with you guys.
0: Yes. Yeah, see, it's, it's not Alan is back. It's Jim is back. <laughs> but hey, hold on to that thought for just a second. You can subscribe to be alerted when we go live for events like this podcast recording session by going to pcper.com slash live or slash subscribe. You can watch what we're doing at slash live. And you can support us on Patreon. Become a patron of the arts at patreon.com slash pcper. And
1: uh,
0: what, what is our update yes. on that, uh, Brad? Yes,
1: indeed. I want to thank several new patron members. Uh, we have uh, someone named Emo, not Elmo. Not emo, M-O, that's two M's, I don't know if you could tell. Thank you very much for throwing some uh, dollars in the patron bucket for us. That keeps this whole crazy thing spinning around. And a welcome back to, I'm not sure if I should say this out loud, maybe I'm saying something wrong, but Thor M. Wood. Someone could probably make something of that that you know, I might not get. Yeah, Thor M. Wood, and last week, I'm not sure if I caught this, um, maybe it was two weeks ago, When um, a uh, older patron uh, resubscribed, and they set their nickname to "Alan is back," which I thought was really funny because you just mentioned it. Now Jim is back. Maybe we can get somebody else to subscribe. Yeah, Jim
0: is back. Yeah, it's just a gimmick. That's why we do it. It's it's a shameless uh, money grab, honestly. Just like everything we do, hundred percent. Yeah.
1: If only it resulted in like all the money. I mean, that's that. The first part of the plan is good. Latter part doesn't. It's not. Yeah.
2: Well, it's it's
0: not like we're unwilling. It's just we haven't figured out how to make Mm. uh, make the money part happen. Uh, Speaking of shamelessness, this is that time of the week where we immediately go to Laramie, Wyoming. Oh, is is it that time again? Fully prepared for this
3: burger of the week. You know, we've we've I've I've had this before, and it's a classic. It's it's the hay fire. And uh, starts out, of course, with two quarter-pound patties, fresh-cut jalapenos, pepper relish, which is kind of interesting, and then uh, topped off some pepper jack cheese, and finally chipotle mayo. Of course, the bun's a little smashed because you know they they wrap it up a little tight now, but it's still quite tasty and, and the fries were not as plentiful as as i usually get but they were they're of course perfectly done so i i can't complain it was it was a nice juicy hot mess and well worth the time and money <laughs> it looks like born
2: the barn you, you know you bit. are josh but how was the burger oh yeah uh,
0: yeah juicy hot mess mm. and worth yes. the money worth mm-hmm. the money worth With, every cent you know slightly squashed buns you mm.
2: know mm.
1: josh i had a five guys burger this week can we mm. even talk about burgers or am no. I not even in the
0: same sure. five, five guys five guys pretty good yeah solid right. burger That's pretty good what about the okay let's go back just for a second and look at this picture you mentioned the fries i only see one fry and it's rather limp and sad a little. He did say uh, he yeah, didn't that as was many. A,
3: yeah, that one was not fantastic, but the rest of them were were the usual quality fries. Nice, crispy on the outside, and uh, you know, soft,
0: warm, and and uh, steamy on the inside. More meat, less fruit. Speaking of more meat, um, NVIDIA is going to be bringing more GPU meat to the table. We already knew about this from fully. Yeah. From C E S. Remember, Brett, you actually wrote that article introducing the thirty sixty, the worst kept secret Mm -hmm. in tech, as you put it, I think, some words to that effect. I did. And they had another announcement, an official press release on the twelfth, announcing that it would indeed launch on February twenty five. It had been previously announced as late February, so now we have a a lockdown release date. It will be a partner only launch, which means of course that three twenty nine doesn't really mean anything, because the market's going to decide how much these things are worth, and it's not going to be 329 But, hey, it's 2021, and Bitcoin is $50,000 plus. So, uh, forgetting that for a minute, just for the gamers out there who actually want to buy a GPU to game on, I have this little excerpt from the specs. As you can see, compared to a 3060 Ti, the existing model, this will have fewer CUDA cores, SM count is down from I think 38 to 28. Boost clock slightly higher than a 3060 Ti, base clock slightly lower. But the big thing is memory. Because they went to 192-bit, as you would expect. But when you do that, because of SM count, memory controllers, you have to reduce the memory. So it was it was eight and it would have been six. However, they chose to double up, and now it's actually going to be twelve. So a base thirty sixty is going to have 12 gigabytes of memory, where a 3060 Ti only has 8. How do you all feel about this? Well, I know
1: it'll make it a lot easier to hold those big, fat mining hash tables. That's all. That's, that's my thought on that.
0: So, it, obviously, if they had to go one way or the other, I'd rather they went to 12, uh, because you sure. can't really do, you can't do 8 on 192 with the architecture, from my understanding. And 6 right.
3: anymore right. is, is just no point bueno. no. out.
0: Hey, we say that, and a rumor is that AMD's 6700 will only have six because they're going to face the same problem because they're at 256 bit with the 6800 series. So, what do they do when they cut that down? Do they go down to six or do they double up? Well, I mean, a 2060 regular is six, so Mm,
3: they were thinking about bringing that one back, or they have in limited bounce, or something.
0: Actually, well, th- reportedly they're bringing back the 1050 Ti too. It's just if add in board, par- not partners, but like, um, I'm sure it's system integrators and OEMs who need GPUs to put in boxes. And at this point, okay, what do you have? 1050? All right, I'll put that in there.
1: Yep, Josh. Okay. Actually, there isn't it isn't really known whether that's old stock or whether they're actually making new chips. So,
0: um, I
3: think that's definitive. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They've probably got a bunch sitting around. Um. Yeah. And just making it available. But uh, you know, when you when you make an order, it's twenty, 20 eighteen to twenty four weeks, depending on the process technology oh. to uh get a wafer through. Um so you're looking, you know, four months to half a year. Uh, if you're buying bulk stuff, I don't know. Kind of scary. Because you're you're doing the TSMC 12 nanometer. Yeah, I... I
1: well, you know, that line is know. not as loaded, right? The 12 nanometer line? Maybe there's a little mm, capacity. You know, I there. think
3: uh, a, a lot of automotive, I think, stuff goes on there. Uh-oh. And uh, there's shortages in automotive. Oh, big shortage, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I think that all semi-fab people are are loaded up one way or the other.
1: Hey, uh, Sebastian, that the chip in that uh, is actually a different die as well. It's no longer a cut-down version of the 2070, 20, hmm. or, sorry, or
0: 3070, 30, 30, 3060 Ti. So hey, that's a great point. Different. If you go to, as I've said in the article, if you go to everybody's favorite uh, or, uh, website for news about video cards with a Z, they had been reporting GA106 and have these uh GA106-400 image here so it's yeah it's a new GPU and has the same info so i don't know if they're they're reading the same sources or what but we'll find out soon enough i'm sure this is probably accurate these rumors at this stage this late stage you usually are Metro Exodus. Yeah, this okay. is cool. If you have done yeah. any benchmarking or played around with ray tracing stuff at all, one of the things that gets me is when a game has all this potential, and I know that it would be a big performance hit to do every single thing, uh, like full path tracing. It, it's intense. Like the, My favorite benchmark is actually um, it's Bright Memory Infinite right now, and it's, it's very, very hard on a system. But it looks absolutely phenomenal. Well, Metro Exodus is one of the games that had aspects of it that could take advantage of ray tracing. The new version, the enhanced edition that's coming out, it, what is it, Jeremy? Is it Global illumination now that's going to be ray traced as well? On the PC. On the PC, uh, on the PC well, only. Right, which is, what's all that matters? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> we'll cover here. This is in console <laughs> perspective. Well, I mean, part of the reason why
1: they got a chance to update it is due to the console, so let's give them their due a yeah. little bit. Well,
0: okay, sure. That would indicate it's like a DXR thing, which, of course, it makes sense because it's going to work on AMD as well. It's not going to be RTX only, There you right? go. But there it go. will exactly. be supporting DLSS 2.0, finally. That is also correct.
4: Not on AMD, though, strangely enough. Weird. Yeah, kind of
0: strange. It was just, yeah, you're like, wait hmm. a minute, but the consoles... Yeah. Are they in, also don't do the tlss oh uh, well of course not okay all right let me let me actually yeah, right. go to the news story so we have a ah. Oh, that's cheating it is cheating but, but i need to because of it's how a totally crap i've done well, about <laughs> as much as normal right
4: well yeah so what it'll be is an enhanced edition which if you own metro exodus you get for free but because they have gone and changed and, and like uh, trace out every single light source in the entire damn game, you'll need uh, like like a, a big Navi or at least a, a probably a 2800 uh, to be able to play it, period. Because otherwise the ray tracing will just kill you. It's not gonna be an option. So you'd still stick with the original game if you had an older GPU. So it's interesting to see just how extensively, visually impressive it will be compared to what it was. Because it was already one of the few Ray Trace games you actually noticed on NVIDIA. So, you know, is are NVIDIA owners gonna notice anything different, you know, apart from better reflections? Or is it just gonna be you know pretty much the same, but now everyone can enjoy it?
1: Well, they they say it's so extensive, it's not a patch. It's yeah. an entirely separate install of the game to run this. So it's very different from your original install. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. If you own it, you're going
3: to you're get the version. You're wrong. You <laughs> are. <laughs> okay. No, you're right.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. I
1: think everybody gets it who owns it.
3: All right. Correct. So. Yep. Yeah. Look at look at how beautiful it is in this still. I still haven't gotten it. So I've I got I'm it. I've never fired it benchmarking. up. Yeah. You know, and I've never played more than like two minutes of, of the original Metro 2033.
0: Because you use it as yeah, a benchmark, right? Should.
3: Yeah, all I ever did is start it up and do a benchmark.
1: Yeah. The last cool thing that they've they've added, which is great for people running a really wide screen, is they have an adjustable slider for field of view. Now, which is great. That's nice. Yeah, you
0: don't have to dig in the INI anymore.
1: Yep, I used to have to program that in, if, if a game even supported it, is to set the FOV in the INI,
0: yep. Breezing right along to story number three this evening. I saw, some, what is going on with Audio-Technica here, uh, Jeremy? It's just a... It's like a starter pack,
4: if you want to not sound like utter and complete crap on the internet. <laughs> because unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of people that invest a lot of money in their camera and are using a Sennheiser all-in-one mic and wondering why no one's watching their stream. Well, the reason is audio. <laughs> and so Audio-Technica actually put together a package, and it's probably going to be uh, 90 to 150 bucks cheaper than if you bought them on your own. So it, it is kind of worth picking up. So what you get is their ATR2500X uh, USB-C cardioid condenser mic which has got a fairly good reputation and it has a, a monitor plugin for the monitor headphones which come with this. And these are just sort of, you know, decent uh, Audio-Techno ATH-M20Xs. The the idea is though they're completely and utterly neutral. So you, you plug them in, and you'll be able to hear what your mic is getting without any delay whatsoever and without any audio effects that aren't actually there for your listeners. Apart from that, you get a, a boom and uh, a padded uh, desk stand. So it's pretty much just a starter kit for anyone who kind of wants to do a semi-decent uh, live streaming that the audio isn't a pain to watch. Cause you know, it's, it just really messes things up if it's utterly horrible. And so, for two hundred bucks, you're getting pretty much everything you need. The only thing that, and I agree with Tech Power Up on this, is that they should have put a pop filter in there. It's dirt cheap. Uh, like, there's no reason not to
2: include it, and
4: it does help a lot.
0: That is a nice looking package for two hundred bucks. Yeah, it is. Yeah, those, those headphones. <laughs> Why? Are, thank you. Are, you know, that,
2: that microphone is at least a hundred dollars alone, right? like 120
0: i don't even know how much the USB-C version is but to get the arm with it because a a decent a halfway decent arm is about 60 (sighs) dollars. so to get that and the headphones that seems like a pretty good deal but you're right and the the uh, desktop tripod if you want
4: i mean it's cheap yes you could just use a little piece of coat hanger and uh leggings or poly what am i trying to remember Hose. Any hose?
0: Yeah. Any For the pop thank filter?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Haven't seen any in a long time. It just sort of slipped my mind. Yeah.
1: You can do that. It will work.
4: <laughs> just don't let anyone see it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like the one that Josh has, you could always put in front of it. Very similar. Not very expensive. Yeah. And it's easy to attach to an arm and stuff That's like what that. I mean.
4: Like it's an extra five bucks. Just throw it in there, guys. But
1: they're pretty cheap. Yeah. But look it looks like a good package. I have the the 40s. I think these are the uh, the ATH-X40s. Excellent headphones. Really like them a lot. So the 20s,
0: if they're half as good, be a very nice set of headphones. Ryzen 5000, as we know. Zen 3 core. Apparently can now hit 5 gigahertz. The magical number that we've all hoped for since Adored first mentioned it seemingly years ago. CTR. Not without assistance. Clock tuner for Ryzen 2.1. This is that uh, that project, right? It's it's from the. This community. is that
4: thing that I picked a couple of weeks ago.
0: You were yeah, playing with this. I
1: was. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. What is uh? What's the word on this? Did you are you a patron? Did you, did you get the new version? Uh no, I just talked about it for
4: free on the internet.
3: Yes. So they should shoot sure. me one.
0: Because
1: <laughs> it, well, it actually goes it looks at your, your,
0: your CCX units, your cores individually looks at the yes. best frequency. Yes, it it does a lot Pokes of work at for them. you,
1: and and it makes uh, different groups depending on how many CPUs you have and and how it's arranged. and yes. which chiplets and stuff like that. Yeah, and it it uh, detunes no, like, the uh, clock. Oh, go ahead.
4: I, I'm happily running at uh, 4.575 on all at uh, 1250 millivolts, so it actually dropped my power usage at the same time as it increased it. Now, because I'm just air-cooled, even though I am insanely air-cooled, it does try and hit 5. And every single time, it'll hit thermal throttling at about 80 degrees Celsius and back off. But that's also not what I'm really trying to do because it sets up different profiles. One is just the flat-out every freaking thing we can give you. One is, here's a really decent overclock that uh, is a little bit less voltage than you're normally going to run. And the third profile is here's the lowest amount of energy we can feed it and keep it stable, so you can underclock. And it works great, you push a button, you walk away, half an hour, 45 minutes later, it's it's through, gone through its things, and you can benchmark using a little uh, Cinebench uh, hack that they've got where you're using the demo version where you get to run it once. And yeah, I, it's it's been very effective at getting people up to that magic five gigahertz uh, level. But you well, need apparently some, another version. Series.
2: Go ahead. Does it work for Threadripper or just Ryzen? It does like Zen
4: two plus. Mm-hmm. So like my old original Threadripper, I have to run an older version of it. But yeah, CTR 2.0 will do. And I guess 2.1 as well will do anything that's on those architectures.
0: Hey, and it's free. So if you happen to be a lucky owner in one yeah. of these, why not? Especially since like a lot of people sort of
1: well, I mean, version 2.1 is being released to patrons only right now, but it will be free eventually.
0: Okay, I see.
1: Hey, well, the end result is, is that people who used to slave over this and spend a tremendous amount of time eking out the last bit of megahertz off of one of these CPUs can now just hit a button and walk away, come back Mm -hmm. 40 minutes later and be pretty darn close to maybe what they would have gotten to over days of tuning.
0: And the key is, is undervolting, apparently, with AMD stuff. Apparently.
1: Well, a lot of AMD amazing. stuff work like that. Apparently, CPUs and the yeah. GPUs were very famous for that sort of thing, especially the Vegas.
4: hmm mm-hmm. I did All change right. my power yeah. curve a little bit to make it a little more aggressive, but that helped. It's uh, those Razor. lower voltage. Yeah.
2: Uh, there's a Razor 2048 in the YouTube chat. He's asking, uh, does the software need to run constantly, or does it just set your yes. settings and then it's done? No, okay, so you it's running, running
4: constantly. One of the other things it'll do is it'll switch between the profiles.
2: Yeah, think of You it can as set it runner. to
4: say, I want to go freaking nuts until I hit this. And then I want you to nut me down to the just the mild overclock. And if it hasn't done anything in forever, but I forgot to turn it off, undervolt me. And then you can also set it to not do that. But yeah, the entire time it, there's a minimize button. So it just sits very, very little impact on uh, your system. I it's uh, have... currently hitting 38 megs of
0: memory. Oh, you're running it right now. Yeah. See, he's he's undervolted and overclocked on the podcast right now. Wow. It's a great name for the show actually. Man. Undervolted and, it and overclocked. It is. <laughs> undervolted and overclocked 616. Um by the way, I'm going to touch on this real quick cuz I followed this Twitter saga to its conclusion because the tweet author deleted it and then later was responding to oh, questions about there. why he deleted it because apparently AMD reached out to him to have a conversation with him about this. This is a DIY... Well, not a DIY. I'm not sure what it was. It was a a company that produces gaming PCs, sells them with both Intel and AMD processors, and this tweet showed these very high ratios of DOA AMD CPUs. Ryzen 5000 chips. Of course, everybody picked this up. I've seen this from multiple outlets. Uh... This is the one from PC World, I believe. If I can get past any of these ads, anyway. Um, <laughs> the original tweet from Power yeah, GPU right that's screenshotted, which is again since been deleted. Failure rate on new AMD CPUs still too high, showing that of the fifty, fifty nine fifty Xs that they had purchased to build PCs with, eight were DOA, which seems impossible. 5,900X, 50 units, four were DOA, four DOA, 5,800Xs. They bought 100, though. And then of the 5,600Xs, they had three out of 120 dead. And then claimed that they only had one Intel CPU that was dead in their entire time of business, and it was a 9,700K. So I think AMD wanted to reach out and kind of say, how are you configuring these? What kind of voltage are you using? These are probably pre-overclocked, because this company, I think, does liquid-cooled custom gaming systems.
1: It's Power GPU, by the way. Right. I don't know who they are, but. Yeah, it's a small, never
0: heard of them before. small boutique vendor, and I don't think they are in. Are they the German? US. That's a good yeah. question. Anyway, uh, they're going to be working with AMD. From their, If you go to their Twitter account and look at uh, tweets and replies and kind of follow the saga, even, kind of around the fact that the original tweet's gone. You can see them kind of replying to people saying, hey, Andy, reach out to us. We're going to be doing some testing and sharing results and figuring out what the, is going on
3: here. And uh, who's the big uh, German retailer that always releases all of their actual numbers?
1: Mindfactory.de?
3: Mindfactory. Because there's, yeah. the,
1: there's a quote yeah. from them yeah. later on in this particular article that talks about what their RMA rates were and its frac- subfraction
3: of it's 1%. It's really so. low.
4: I'm just going to say, did somebody, bend, spin, full, or mutilate the box that those CPUs came in for that company? Like, like is this just a big chunk of shipping
0: problems?
3: You wouldn't
2: think so. It went through the X-ray scanner?
0: Josh, Could be were...
3: many, many issues. Am I not <laughs> well, yeah,
0: speaking? So you're speaking.
3: Um, so, you know, back in the day, AMD used to have some, some big problems. Like, if you got... Um, k six two, especially. k six two was really famous for just dying out of nowhere. And I mean, I had, uh, you know, I was, a, I was a small kind of system builder here in town, and I probably sold fifty to sixty of them, you know over over a couple of years. And uh, I've got a stack of like sixteen behind me that have been, you know, that, they called me out. It was like, my computer just stopped. I'd try to resurrect it and wouldn't. i put a new k 6 in there. Everything came back up. And so, that was like the worst. And they've had nothing like that since, really. Um, you know, Semprons, Durons, all the others, you know, low-end chips. They have, they have always had, from what I understand, a higher defect rate than what Intel does. But it's, not that high where it it's it's like you know full percentages, you know, like one to two percent are just dead or or in this case, there's what four out of fifty, I mean that's 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 eight percent if I'm doing my math right. Um, that just doesn't happen. if if we were getting eight percent um, DOA, AMD CPUs, you would be hearing a lot more about it uh, from from retailers, from users on forums, and so yeah, I'm, I'm real curious about what these power GPU guys are are doing with their uh, with their chips because those kind of numbers just just don't really jive with what we're seeing, and I'm not trying to be an AMD apologist. I mean, like I said, I, I, they, they still have kind of higher defect rates than than Intel does overall, but um, it's not like it used to be. And it certainly shouldn't be, you know, four to 8% of, of all their entire stock, because again, we would be hearing about it, not just from all the retailers and OEMs and users, but from AMD as well on, on their quarterly reports, because somebody would mention it and they would have to say, yeah, we've had to buy back X amount of product because it's so all bad. and you know, Our margins <laughs>
0: have taken a 3% hit because we've had to replace all this, and blah, 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 but we haven't heard that. So. Josh, you don't have to be that. You can be diplomatic all you want. I, I'm going to sit here in my ivory tower, and I'm just going to say, obviously, okay. power GPU is inept, and if they knew what they were doing, <laughs> they wouldn't be reporting these ridiculous numbers that are probably not even possible. It's a lot more I, likely I for the motherboard to be DOA. But Isn't that your tweet? Did, didn't is that you're the one who said that, right? No, I don't think I did. Uh, okay. But like Hardware Unboxed kind of said the same thing. If you look at the response that's in here, it's unlikely that they've been that unlucky. I'm paraphrasing. It's far more likely that most of those CPUs were okay, just needed to be reseated, or they haven't been doing enough BIOS cross testing. There, exactly. let I mean, that, that's the thing about AMD stuff. It, uh, it's a huge part of it to make sure that the motherboard you're putting it into is one that is properly flashed to support that particular CPU, and not every version of every BIOS is going to support every CPU, even within the same family. I know sometimes the 5600X support is a separate flash from just 5900X, for example. So So the W480 motherboard isn't going to work? Hey, you know, if you try hard enough, any motherboard will work. Fair.
1: Now, leaping immediately to your fence, not that you need it, at all there's a personal story attached to the bottom of the article that we linked to here and that's of a person's uh, maybe it was the author who had a mishap with a 5800x and they talked about some of the issues that they were having with it and among them were some that sounded vaguely familiar and it had to do with flaky for instance flaky usb behavior
0: i just found that there very- <laughs> yeah there was some of some of the tweets from the power gpu we're talking about that, and I was just kind of rolling my eyes. Like, well, yeah, they but weren't that's CPU a, that's an X570 failures. Seventy thing, though. They weren't CPU failures. That's they were calling
1: them out and saying CPU failure. You know, this thing sucks. It was just like, hey, these things. Like to Josh's point, they didn't fail outright. They were just weird. They just blue screened occasionally, maybe too often. They had USB issues, or you know, whatever. And maybe we swapped it out, and everything's fine. So, I don't yeah.
0: know. Yeah. I- I feel like a lot of this is probably on X570, because I... Oh, yeah, you have a point there. The platform itself, and then some of the motherboards themselves, it depends on the board model. What if one of the boards that you flash, like, when you flash... You can literally flash away support for previous generations. Obviously, this is all 5000 series, who knows? Mm -hmm. But it's it's complicated. But what's going on here is an ad break. We're going to pause right here to hear from our podcast sponsor for this week.
1: 2021 is looking up. New beginnings mean new opportunities to grow your business. If part of your strategy is adding new members to your team, LinkedIn Jobs can help find the right person quickly. To make things even better, your first job post is now free. The LinkedIn Jobs platform makes it easy for qualified candidates to find you. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. Getting started is easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. Post your job with targeted screening questions and LinkedIn will quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view in the familiar linkedin.com as functions are streamlined onto one simple screen and now do this all from your mobile device no matter where the day takes you when your business is ready to make that next hire find just the right person with linkedin jobs and now you can post that job free just visit linkedin.com slash pc again that's linkedin.com slash pc to post a job for free terms and conditions apply
0: yes and thank you mm-hmm. Thank you, Brett, for that marvelous ad read, and thank you to LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Thank you. Uh, Jeremy, I'll let you handle this. This is an old story, but it's back. Super micro. Spy chip sequel again. This is great. More dude. dubious yeah. claims with maybe I don't know, who knows if there's is there factual stuff behind it this time? No, Uh,
4: like none whatsoever. They're just doubling down on what they said before. And like, yeah, no, seriously, there is an invisible chip on the motherboards. No one wants you to know about it.
1: Jeremy, they had four, five, three things of circumstantial evidence to prove their point. Two, maybe.
0: Yep. And the worst potential—they right. didn't pick was any of like the good ones. Sources for their sources, or like, well, our anonymous source no, was anonymous. No, it was more like other anonymous sources. It was more like, look over there, that's bad, so this has to be bad too. Yeah, I don't
4: know what this does. It's evil. Yes, I. But so they they cited three things which did happen. Right Back in 2010, there was a bad piece of kit on some U.S. Department of Defense computers that were kind of sending traffic back to China. And they were located and they were found and there was physical evidence and redacted uh, white papers came out so that you could see exactly what it was without giving away anything proprietary or making themselves more vulnerable. 2014, um, there was a Chinese-based hacking group that got at uh, a supplier for, I believe it was Intel, and managed to get into Intel via the hacked supplier's uh, update page. And again, was discovered, evidence was offered, proof was in the pudding. And last in 2015, there was indeed an FBI, FBI warning going out that yes, some Super Micro boards had an extra chip with backdoor code on it. The difference being that, again, you could actually point at that chip and say, and it's actually this one. And if you take a look at it, this is actually the code that was on there that is, we're saying, you know, you probably don't want to have because it's bad. So because these things happen in the past, anything and everything Bloomberg said a couple of years back has to be true, even if they can't find the chip or they can't prove that there is actual code hiding in the spare memory on the BIOS chips on motherboards, which then load into active memory after you've installed the OS and then sends magic signals back to China. Damn it, we're right. It's, it's super serial, and you have to take it. you, you got to believe us. And so they just doubled down with no reason whatsoever. I mean, I was laughing my ass off seeing that it came back because the, we'd forgotten about this idiocy to... Well, a year and a half ago, it took us a while
0: to forget. But
4: I know they literally just came back with the same thing.
0: Jeremy, have you taken apart one of these boards? You know that there is nothing in between layers three and four of the PCB. (laughs) Mm, Work wouldn't pay for anything that new. And we'd probably still be having this stuff from twenty fourteen. I think what I was reading this time is that now they're saying, Well, it's it's in the extra unused space in your BIOS ROM. Like, unused space? Hasn't that been a big problem lately? That it's hard to have like there. Yeah, there there's like no unused space anymore on no.
3: these things. Even like the thirty-two, you know, maybe in the thirty-two uh meg ones. But eight and sixteen, they're shoehorn horning as much stuff in because you, now you've got you know a graphical interface and you've got mouse support and mouse movement and clicking and and it's not just you know keyboard and text, though, you know sometimes. Support I really for do multiple miss families things. of CPUs. Yeah, yeah, I do miss the uh I do miss the the blue background and the yellow text and yeah, American Megatrends.
4: Uh,
3: yeah. AMI. AMI and Phoenix and all those good yeah. guys. But uh yeah, I mean, you know, they they go through these chips kind of when they dev, uh, design the stuff and I mean, unless it's a networking chip, maybe USB
1: well, they're saying I mean, it's yes. phoning home, Josh. It's phoning home, and when I say home, I mean China. It's phoning China.
3: home, but I mean you. I mean, yes, things Your are network stack is smaller still and full. smaller, and you can add more stuff to a chip, but it's just—I mean—the the engineering behind a lot of these yeah. products, unless it's like, you know, the really cheap webcams from China. Yeah. Which will phone home because that's what they were designed to do. I mean, uh, yes, Logitech motherboard manufacturers, guys like that. I mean, the verification of all these chips, uh, what they're doing on the board, where they're communicating with.
0: Seamlessly moving to our next story, Qualcomm raises their arm, get it, in objection to Nvidia's acquisition. Objectionable. Ace attorney finds it objectionable. As you can see from this fully licensed Oops. image here. From our stock image library, um, fan art. So what's going on? What? Who's objecting to this? Who would possibly have well, a problem with this? Well, there's a bunch. If, anyway, if, yeah. It, the question was who would go first,
4: and if you had Qualcomm, you win. Not surprisingly, because that's pretty much one of our ARM's biggest licensees, uh, and yeah, other than Apple, they yeah, and they're slightly litigious. Also like Apple. Oh, they are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they've reached out to the FTC, the European uh, Commission, the UK, and China. And they didn't give us the specifics of the objection, but, you know, we can say pretty much it's along the lines of, yes, Sun says that they're not going to change anything. We just threw $40 billion at it, and it's just going to remain the exact same. And we don't necessarily trust that that's going to be true. It'll probably take about 30 pages of an brief to go through to get it, but that's, I think, what it's going to be.
3: Well, we had to know think, it was coming.
1: Well, oh, yeah. Because
3: it's, it's, I mean, Arm is ubiquitous across the industry. And when one of its, uh, you know, one of the competitors of the group finally makes all of this money and has a uh, financial background to be able to make such a thing, because, you know, even though we don't, know how much arm really makes a quarter just because it's all part of that soft bank and they don't do quarterly reports anymore um but it's not going to be you know it's it's probably 750 million a quarter because i mean when they were uh, doing results they were around 300 million and that was several years back i mean and now they've 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 certainly grown uh, they've expanded a lot. They shipped something like six billion chips last quarter or least. Least some, or so far this quarter. I mean, it's just an amazing, I mean, I, I say they shipped. I mean, all their partners shift and they get the royalties uh, from it, depending on the license. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, they're going to get mad because NVIDIA is an aggressive company and their track record is interesting with acquisitions and uh, you know i don't I think arm gonna is going to go anywhere and the technology's not going <laughs> to no. go anywhere i mean it's not like uh physics where it just kind of logic or yeah. Yeah. No, they they (laughs) didn't. It was ICera. It was ICera, not Lucid Logic. (laughs) Yes. Sorry, you're right. It was ICera. Damn it. Yeah. yeah. wasn't driving the world's smartphones and a lot of other devices. (laughs) It was. It was not. It was not on the leading edge of 5G. So. yes. yes. um, Yeah. I I don't. Yeah. I don't. If if Nvidia can lay out a plan and convince several partners that hey, you know what, things aren't really going to change. Uh it's in fact we're gonna, you know, kind of enhance the technology that we'll be licensing out. Um, but we just, you know, want to have a bigger say in 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 where this goes rather than hey, we're gonna be the overlord, you know, we're gonna make Intel look like you know, AMD is to Intel now just because we can control so much of the silicon production and licensing and I don't know. Um but it's it's a logical move for Nvidia, and it's a logical move for Nvidia's uh, um, competitors because you know they they tried to do the Tegra, and they had very little success, and so now they're leaning on all of their GPU and and uh, automotive stuff, and uh, you know what, what they're making hand over fist money in in data center, and you know with the new RTX cards. Uh, you know, guys like Lambda Labs are selling a lot of, you know, servers that utilize these to small to medium businesses who actually do, you know, machine learning and AI stuff. Um, these are expensive cards still, but they're not, you know, the DG1 type stuff that, that there's overkill for, for these companies. And so NVIDIA is still making an absolute ton of, of money in all here. And going after ARM is, you know, it's 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 a next step. And it makes sense because there's a lot of technologies there that they can integrate in and, and again, you know, get their people and, uh, you know, get, a, get get kind of the, the culture of NVIDIA, which, you know, ARM doesn't have a bad culture at all. But NVIDIA is just another level of, of aggressiveness uh, when it comes to, to their core uh, markets. So, yeah, it, Qualcomm, Huawei, all those other guys, they... Probably are very concerned.
1: You know, I don't. I don't see uh, Apple uh, coming in yet either. Do they think they hold a uh, an unassailable license? I don't know, or whether or not they they get a chance to weigh in on this.
0: Hey, they'll just don't design
1: know. their own. They own the best, the best, or the most expensive, or whatever license you want to call it. It's The architectural
0: license to the. It's ARM the
3: architectural core. license. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: That's what it's same as license. AMD. Same as Nvidia. Let's move on. Bitcoin. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. Gamers love it. it. It doesn't have any effect on the supply of GPUs whatsoever. Bitcoin consumes more electricity than Argentina. Estimating Bitcoin's annual electricity consumption more than the Netherlands, UAE, and Argentina. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. And yeah. this article was written That's when it was ridiculous. at 48,000. It was at fifty-two earlier today. So, all this is going to result in is more people mining on whatever they can get their hands on. Because when it's that high, almost anything's profitable. We've seen pictures, I've seen numerous pictures on Twitter of people uh, with mining operations that use laptops.
2: So, start you're... mining on this. Now, I, I noticed something on this chart here. Uh, if you guys can zoom in, or actually I'm controlling that one, but uh, there's something interesting I saw there. Uh, I, I saw something very odd on that chart that surprised me. Oh, I see it now. Alan Malventano. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yeah.
0: not it's just situated. Bitcoin then. He's also somewhere got the between Tesla. Turkey
1: and Taiwan. <laughs> in, in in Taiwan. Taiwan. You know, that, that seems reasonable for him though.
0: So, oh, real quick, I did an update sort of to a previous review, because Samsung has enhanced, they've added to the 980 Pro family with the 980 Pro 2TB model, which... Hey, did you zoom and enhance? I didn't. Oh. There's almost no yeah. cropping on that image because of the way that it was taken. Hmm. It's a macro lens at very short, like, very close range. Anyway, uh, the 980 Pro 2 terabyte. Obviously, it's larger. The previous high was I, one terabyte. Can I
1: talk about your depth of field in the in the photography, or should I wait?
0: No, you can. We can do That's it. That's like you know, it's eight good. inches, I mean, right? Yeah, it's very close. I was very close, yeah, by six yeah. to eight in this picture. Yeah. <clears throat> it wasn't fully extended. I mean, there was a little bit oh, more oh. Room on the tripod. Oh, it, okay. okay. All right. Plus, it was All kind right. of. It's been cold lately. Uh, of course, of course. Shrink of course, it. this is this is their Gen Four. The 980 Pro is their Gen 4. It uses their own controller. It's called the Elpis, I think. And obviously this goes against like Fizon's E18, which is their newer one. Silicon Motion has some new stuff. I don't think it's quite as fast. I have not tested one of the Gen 4 WD Black drives, the SN850. I've asked for one. We have not received one. Um, But anyway, uh, one of the things I was looking at this and the first thing I looked at was uh, DRAM. And this is twice the DRAM as the one terabyte model. Four times the DRAM of the 500 gig model that I tested. So I'm thinking, man, writes on this thing are gonna be crazy because you got way more available flash. you've Got all this DRAM. It's that'll mitigate but your the fact that reads and writes are slightly
3: slower. Yes, they
0: are. Yes, and the thing about this is the number of chips. Because in theory, exactly you should the have
3: same. more, more, more uh, SLC cache in the two terabyte. That
0: mm-hmm.
3: it'll take longer to. Uh, Hmm. Interesting. I have to think about that for a bit. I'm thinking this is... Sorry to interrupt.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's early days with this drive. I did reach out to Samsung because I wanted to know if they were planning on releasing an NVMe driver for this generation. Because previous generations, 950 through 970, had a special Samsung NVMe driver that did offer better performance. The only way I could get to their rated speeds was by using just the built-in tool inside of the Magician software. Nothing else would provide me with the the advertised speeds. Anyway. So
1: you couldn't use one of their drivers and then get through Windows reads and writes to, to meet
0: what they said their spec was? Here's the thing. Uh, the driver requires the presence of a supported product to install. So I tried to install it anyway. And I... In the review, I mentioned TweakTown. TweakTown used the previous-gen driver on this. I'm assuming they did because they said they used the yeah. Samsung NVMe driver. And they had a before and after. I'm getting way ahead of myself here. The thing oh, about sorry, this sorry. is it, this has the same number of chips as the 500-gigabyte unit. I was counting chips. like that. This is still a single-sided device. It's just more dense. The NAND that's on it is more dense. So I wonder if that contributes to... You know, that's, that's, that's kind of rude to say. It's just not as smart. Well, it does have smart monitoring. I don't <laughs> so think that's what it means. There is that. Uh, let's just look at some meaningless uh, th- uh, sequential numbers here. Crystal Dismark, I did at least the uh, lower Q depths, QD1 through QD8. And of course, this scales up like every drive with higher Q depths. But the 500 gigabyte model in sequential reads is actually slightly faster. And I was like, what is going on here? And then with writes, uh, here we had the, the new 2 terabyte. Up ahead, where I, I knew it had to be. there's It's more DRAM, more, more available NAND to write to. But it's very close. Not much. And we're talking just over 5,000, which is what it's rated. is 5,000 megabytes, 5 gigs. But the reads, I could never get it past about 6,800. And in theory, this should be able to push about 7,000. It could be the limitations of my test setup. This is an AMD X570 board. Um, who knows? But... This is, looking at random reads here, this is where things change a little bit more dramatically. Reads are are okay. This is, again, lower Q-depth, single thread. You go to writes, and I could not get it higher than 400 megabytes a second, even at QD8 single thread, when the 500 gigabyte model was at almost 500 megabytes a second. 4K random single thread and then drives like the MP600 which is a Gen 4 2 terabyte drive from Corsair, we have that on hand, that was shipped by AMD with their original Zen 2 review kit that's a Fizon E16 so that is at the top of this particular chart, but not, I mean, these numbers are what they are, I have a few more on here, but what was interesting to me is this particular image that I borrowed from TweakTown with credit default out of the box they were getting pretty much what I saw 6,800, this one almost 6,850, reads uh, just under 5,000 writes. Moving This moves up to almost 7,200 on reads and 5,200 on writes using the Samsung NVMe driver. So I'm thinking either there needs to be a little bit of tweaking done to the firmware on this particular drive, or it needs that Samsung NVMe driver, which is not currently offered on the download page. So like my peak oh, so absolute highest performance. Oh, you couldn't, you couldn't get it? No, 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 I cannot. I asked oh, for man. one. I waited a couple days. I haven't heard back yet, but it's it's one of those things. It's like uh, if you're leaving performance on the table, that's not good because the competition is so fierce right now. All of a sudden, where they had to lower their price right off the bat. This is now three ninety nine ninety nine. Where I thought this was originally launching at like four seventy nine, four fifty nine. Now it's three ninety nine. And that well, is heck, the same. Even though one terabyte is is it's like two twenty nine. It's right yeah. around that same
3: area as the WD uh, eight hundred and fifty, and then Black. the uh, yeah. yeah, and the Sabrent uh, uh, based on the the Rocket Four Plus. They're all right in spitting distance. Where previously Samsung always had a pretty hefty margin.
4: Mm-hmm. So
3: I'm I'm curious what because you know people typically don't mind spending extra for Samsung. So I don't know why they're not hitting that margin up a little bit more. I don't,
0: I don't know. Yeah. What's weird is this two terabyte is the value drive in the series because it has the lowest cost per gig. It's about 20 cents per gig. And it's, it's just strange. Like you said, like you, this is even beyond even Evo a little bit because it's competing with a brand like the Severant the rocket four plus gets very good reviews, very, very high sequential transfer numbers higher than this because they're over six, thousand on rights. but like you you're saying, like you'd think the Samsung name commands a premium, but all of a sudden they're playing at the exact price level of the that rocket four plus, which shows higher sequentials. So if it I don't know. it's just a little odd. I feel like if they'd gone with two bit MLC, Uh, It would have been A much higher performing drive Like a Pro Has always traditionally been And by going with TLC on this And then ultra high density flash This is I think their 96 Layer Layer So Mm -hmm. I I don't know But it it was just The the pricing And the sort of underwhelming performance I, I would like to update this After hearing back And saying hey there's this new driver And now it is the fastest drive Or, you know, they've tuned the firmware and now it performs better at those lower depth workloads that are more like realistic day-to-day Windows stuff. The drive does feel snappier, that kind of a thing. But as of right now, you would only get this for the value. If you wanted performance, you could get one of the lower capacity drives in the family. And like even the 500 gigabyte sample I have here, it does test slightly faster than this two terabyte model for whatever reason. Maybe I need to play with over-provisioning and stuff and Maybe there's some magic formula I'm missing as far as how to actually extract the best performance. It's a lot out of effort place. for an SSD to be perfectly right. honest. Typically, you just plug it in and you format it and you put you know stuff on no. it. But this one was a little bit more complex than that. Let's move past that to picks of the week. And Josh, you traditionally start us off. What do you have for us?
3: Why, why is this a tradition? I don't understand.
0: Because I've made it a tradition. You did. Uh, son of a... Th- I don't what even happened? know what the definition... We argue, my family argues about <laughs> what a tradition means. That's our tradition. My sister and uh-huh. I yelling at each other about whether or not something like Elf on the Shelf is a tradition. Like, what do you mean uh- tradition? This no, it's an abomination. It's been invented. For no, it's meta. tradition. Because I looked like literally using the definition of the word tradition and arguing with me about it over Christmas, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Is is um, this when you start singing, like, the Elf on the Shelf? Even I don't tradition. know. This. Is there a song? Tradition is something that uh, we've done at least once. Now this is tradition. Like, I don't know. It might take more than once for it to qualify.
3: I, I, I was going with the f- whole Fiddler on the Roof, you know, Tevye yeah. uh, singing tradition, but I don't I don't get it
0: you're you're over my head I'm sorry
3: one of the great musicals of of all time Fiddler on the Roof I I highly recommend that that you you watch the version with Topol yeah that should be my pick of the week for you it is your homework to somehow do this we have flex servers
0: nope nope those are open source software on them Josh <laughs> and, and educational videos, it, yes, well, lots of th- educational like, videos. Stuff that's in the public, public domain. domain. Yeah, like, this is arts. Yeah, I in was watching some domain. silent films from you know the early 1900s on there. But anyway, Fair. you need to
3: why it is it is it is not only a, a great musical but is a fantastic film, and it's it's one that I can watch multiple times and not have any problems because you do notice some really really fascinating things throughout. Um, but, you know, tradition on one hand, you have Toc memory,
0: but on the other. Anyway, <laughs> did you have that an, an actual up. pick or we uh, just, yes, pick I, I do. Musical yeah. number That's the by pick? way. I,
4: well, the musical number? I didn't want to mention this just in case we lost Alan again for a couple of months like we did with Victorio.
0: Oh, OK. Oh, go ahead. Josh. This is game then. All right. Now, thanks for stealing Doctor okay, Thunder's
3: game. Uh, it's Dyson Sphere program. Uh, it's 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 you know it's it's kind of a world building game, except that you want to go to what what's the Kaischev level? What what the you know the, that eventually your civilization grows up big enough that yeah. you will take up the entire energy output of the sun, and so to do that you have to build a Dyson Sphere. Kardashev. Um, yeah, Kardashev. And yeah. so this is essentially this, and you have to deal with horrible mechanics, and um, it's a, it's uh yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic game. Still brand new, looks nice, and uh, people seem to like it. It's only nineteen twenty bucks. It's early access still, but twenty bucks, it's, it's hard to beat. Yeah, if you're a
2: Dyson Spears, I recommend Star Trek: The Next Generation, Season Six, Episode Four. One of the best episodes of the series Relics starts with Scotty. Scotty's on there. Jimmy yep. Doohan. Yep. Yep. And a big old dice.
4: And if you can't handle the morning, you shouldn't drink the night before.
0: <laughs> Patrick Stewart and uh, James Doohan have that nice scene on that sort of mock-up of the original bridge which is, you know, happening inside mm-hmm. the holodeck and they drink together real mm-hmm. liquor not Romulan ale. Not synth the hall or whatever. Ah, uh, a great episode. And, you know, he finally yeah. does get to feel useful again. Jeremy, uh, do you have another musical for us?
4: Nope, I had almost nothing, so I went with cheap RAM. But, hey, it's 50 bucks off for uh, 32 gigs of DDR4-3600 that okay. will work with your Ryzen desktop, So I'm and, you know, Intel XMP as well. And, you know, it's pretty and flashy and... But honestly, for just 195 so it's 20% off, a little bit of shipping, but uh, if you buy something else with Newegg, you won't have to pay for that. And it's a pretty solid kit. It's not going to win you any benchmarks, but uh, then again, it's also not going to cost you 350 bucks.
0: Wait, is this the Canadian version? Yeah, this is Canadian. Yes. Okay. I feel like that's high, but... um, Hold on, let me see what the... The dollar sign is deceiving, isn't it? Yeah, okay. In the U.S. Yeah, we got dollars up here, too. In the U.S., it's, oh, it's yeah, listed at 185 but it's out of stock. So, sorry, U.S. buyers, because I'm sure it was on sale below that. I think 3600 when it's CAS-18 like that here typically would be somewhere closer to, I
2: don't know,
0: 32 gigs. It'd be less than that. It'd be less than 200 That depends. 16-gig kits are cheap right now.
4: 32 is not so much.
0: Yeah, I feel like, no, you know, the last kit I bought was a G-Skill kit. I only paid like 119 for it, 32 gigs, but it was nice. $3,200, cast 16 where do you think the, 16. Uh,
1: Where do you think the latency speed rating sweet spot is right now or for feeding a Ryzen CPU? Is that it's it's $3,600. $3,616, 6,
0: 3618 I, I think ideally it would be 16 It depends on the kit. Yeah. And you have to deal with... But you'll pay and, some premium for sixteen. Right, you will. Ryzen likes, at least in my experience, at least with the board that I use, which is that crosshair eight board. You want even numbers. Cast fifteen will oh, will gear down to right. sixteen. Yes, it'll take fourteen, but not fifteen. Don't bother with seventeen. I've seen seventeen before; it'll go to eighteen. unless so do you think can you get roll it the dice to 16. With
1: sixteen. Roll the dice with sixteen and see if you can't get
0: it to clock
1: down to fourteen.
0: Mm, 14 is tough. I feel like it's 14 yeah. is Samsung ICs, and okay. you're paying a huge premium for that. Get any Really, if you do anything, like typical workloads, you're not going to see the difference between 16 and 18. The important thing is to get up to 36 so you can run that F clock at 1800 on the Ryzen processor. Mm-hmm. Assuming That's it the most likes important it. thing. Well, yeah, they think... don't all like it, but
3: well, two thousand series do. definitely not. No uh, two thousand <laughs> series. I've never had any problems with, and the five thousand just is like, yeah, it's great. Might as well
0: be standard. Why isn't it eighteen at this point? Just standard. I don't, I don't. know. Uh,
2: okay,
0: what do we have here, Brett? You are next. Uh
1: if you're like me, and I know I am, I like fast networking. Now, I had invested in a Microtech. Microtech switch. And those uh, transceivers that allowed me to plug in various, uh, I had a lot of of 10 base T style, um, 10 gigabit. And that's that seemed to fit with the way I wanted to run stuff and the length and the distance that I needed between machines and computers and servers and things like that. But there's a slightly more economical way to achieve that networking. And QNAP has come out with a series of both managed and unmanaged switches. And right now I think this one is right in the sweet spot of the most um, utility because it gives you the ability to connect to your older um, one gigabit uh, capable machines. And that's as fast as, as they'll go or, or IOT you know devices or whatever you have. Um, and you won't have to manually stuff. remove the fan on this one apparently. No, well, how did you know I did that? But I talked talk about that. <laughs> you one. mentioned it previously. I did. It's on a on a Lynx, old Linksys switch. I just looked at it. It's still working. But anyway, that allows you to mix your older equipment with a variety of new equipment. But the cool thing about the one that I picked was is that it had uh, several combo ports as well as a couple of pure SFP plus ports. And the differences between those is. The combo ports on, on the QNAP switches, anyways, have a 10Base-T style 10 gigabit um, built-in, and the SFP Plus ports are there for a transceiver so that you can buy you know, a fiber one or um, you know, a, a different medium, probably a fiber channel one. Those are very fairly inexpensive. The 10Base-T ones take a lot of power, so they're usually 40-ish dollars, maybe a little bit more, closer to 50 bucks. But with one of them or two of them built-in, it uh, becomes a fairly decent value um, with getting uh, probably between your computer and maybe your server, and then um, you're throwing in another transceiver to get to another switch someplace else. Anyway, at at that price, um, you can't beat it between a gigabit switch and a couple of uh, 10 gigabit ports that already have the 10Base the T style transceivers built in. It's fairly good value if that's, and I think people probably would be well served by that because most people are used to running that kind of that kind of wiring. Or they already have it. And you can get 10 gigabit over short runs of 10 base T style, even five five E short runs.
0: How short? Like three feet?
1: Longer, but a little bit longer you know, I wouldn't run it. I, I wouldn't run it seventy feet, but you know you can you can do twenty or thirty maybe with a little bit of errors. You can certainly get five out of it easily. Easily five. And a lot of new boards are coming with 2.5, so this is a great switch to grow with and use all of your 2.5 off right out of the box, um, and then have it there so that you can grow your network after a period of time. Jim has got 10 gig everywhere. In fact, he's probably got 10 gig to his headphones.
0: He's all fiber. Used to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, speaking of Jim, what is your pick of the week, Jim Tannis?
2: Okay, so um, obviously we've all referenced that we like old games, Sierra stuff, Space Quest, King's Quest, all that. Um, there's a YouTube channel that I found recently. It's relatively small, which is a shame because he's really good, but it's called the Space Quest Historian. And he does videos, obviously focused on Space Quest, but other adventure games of the era and he does retrospectives, which are sort of uh, very humorously done reviews. He has uh, looks. He's, he's a musician, so he talks about the music, uh, the graphics and how the graphics worked and upscaling pro- new projects, remakes. He's interviewed people from the industry. Ton of great content here. Uh, he has just started within the last couple of months a series of retrospectives on King's Quest, which is funny because he doesn't really like the fantasy stuff or sci fi. So it's they're 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 fun. He's just got a really uh, humorous style. So check out his videos. He's also got a Patreon going on now to uh, fund some of these series that he does. Uh, a lot of after I discovered this channel, I' spent a lot of hours uh, just browsing through. So if you like the old Sierra games, you're probably gonna like this.
0: It's always good to find new retro channels, and I feel like they pick up momentum quickly. All it takes is a bigger channel to either feature them or do a collab and then all of a sudden, they'll have more. Uh, yeah, I'll check it I wonder out. Wonder if he
3: can ever get a hold of Ken and Roberta because they're still alive. I would assume. They're in their sixties mm-hmm. now.
2: He's had uh, like producers on, uh, musicians who worked on the on the games. Um, I don't think he's had the you know Ken and Roberta on yet, but yeah, maybe. That'd be the cool. Music
0: is legendary in some of those, especially the. I think it, it, several. Uh, of the videos I've watched, it featured Space Quest music. That's excellent. Space Quest was so tongue-in-cheek,
3: oh yeah, satirical <laughs> and smartass. It was fantastic. Going, if I remember the first one, I got my mom actually into it because the first bar when you went to go and and buy your ship, um, it had the uh, slot machine, and she loved nickel yep. slots. So. Like here, mom, Oh, start that game up for me, would <laughs> like, you? All right, so gamble a character into the bar and go and play the slot machine.
0: <laughs> Got her fix. Uh, real quick, I actually have a pick this week. It is uh, we were going to talk about this earlier, but LastPass, something I've used for a long time, just the free version because it had everything I needed, and I use it as a browser extension. I have the app on my phone. And they are transitioning to a new phase of their company's history where basically they're trying to force people into the premium service and they're going to make you choose to either use it on a phone or use it on a computer, but not both unless you pay them X number of dollars a month. So I think that it's going to be very popular to look for alternatives. There's, there is an excellent one, uh, Bitwarden, got the browser extension, got the app going, It works exactly the same and it works on your phones it works on any browser it works so i have that running so it's it's totally fine and it's free it says free forever when you look at plans and pricing the basic plan for a personal is zero dollars a month i've been moving everything over from LastPass, and it's totally fine Mm. works exactly the same and on my phone, because I have an iPhone and I use Face ID to unlock, that was one of the things I liked about LastPass was if I ever forgot my crazy master password, my face could recover it for me. It would do password recovery with your face. But uh, I guess somebody How about could, your voice? How about you know, your voice is your passport? I haven't, I haven't me. investigated
3: that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It does it by blood. No, I
3: thought that was Jim's way of
4: getting through the airlines. Blood? No, his voice was his passport.
0: Was it his voice? Well, I thought it was his retina. No, it was. Yeah.
2: It was just my. This I is yet another my movie that
3: obviously Sebastian has not watched. Yeah. <sighs> hey, I, I've not sneakers. Sneakers. Sebastian.
0: Nope.
1: <sighs> Go watch
3: it.
0: Nope. Okay. i uh, gotta create a list
1: the, for you. The tech is laughable. At this point, especially. But, oh, it was yeah, then absolutely. too,
0: kind of. Okay, it was then. It was like you can't do that, you know. But it was funny.
2: No, like it hacking,
0: was. where it's just like tsh, 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 all over a keyboard and like are your, your yeah no, like things you could not possibly was, do. Was reasonable.
3: Yeah, it was better I mean, than like hackers. Reasonable. Okay, okay, it was. it's not it was yeah, it was hacking. hacking. It's not that one with, uh, uh, Hugh Jackman and John Travolta. Oh, uh,
2: Swordfish. Sporkin?
3: Or swordfish. Yeah. yeah, swordfish. Yeah. Tell no lies, or
4: no,
1: no more lies. <laughs> anyway, don't watch that one; it's not worth it. No. But Sneakers is a fun movie. I mean, it's not. Yeah. it's not bad. The hacking is a little bit point and laugh a little bit, but it's good. Yeah, I'm being told. Oh, and
2: Mere PPC tells us yeah. it's free. Hulu free on Hulu
0: and Amazon Prime. Well, I don't. Okay, Amazon Prime isn't free. If you already have Amazon Prime then yes, it costs no more. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I'm already paying them like a hundred dollars a year or whatever it is now. Maybe they raised it again. And, and Amazon thanks you for that. Yeah, I'm sure they do. They need as much money as they can get. Okay. Uh, Anything else from anybody? We've been doing this for almost exactly an hour and 20 minutes. Nice. I like one password. I, it costs a little bit of money, but it's been really great for a number of years. What's the one Alan always talks about? Roboform. It's another I don't one. Keep is another good one. That concludes another episode of the PC Per podcast. Tune in next week if and when we do this again. Uh, we probably will.